Tonight on We Are Something Else, Sound of the Police. Welcome to We Are Something Else. We Are Something Else. Episode 6. We're in here, man. Wow. Episode 6. That's the sound of the police. Ooh, ooh. That's tonight. We're going to be talking about police relations, Mm -hmm. um, what's going on in the community nowadays, and it's going to be real interesting. Yeah, we got... Before we get to that, we got a special guest. We do. Got a guy who's real near and dear to my heart. (laughs) Some say we even look alike. Uh, My dad. Like father and son, maybe. Yeah, right? Almost like father and son. Something like that. Almost. He plays my dad on TV (laughs) and on a podcast tonight. There we go. Mr. Eric Konohia. Welcome. How's everybody doing? How's everybody doing? I'm sitting here. uh, Marcus told me to... Pretend like I'm eating a mic, so I had this uh, <laughs> symbol in my mouth, and you want me to be serious about it, but I'll try my best. Um, so here we are. Uh, let's start off with the uh, how was everybody's week, CB? Uh, Kaleo, my week was good, man. Um, glad got to the weekend, right. and this is a uh, St. Patrick's Day weekend. You survived. You're here. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I keep doing these things to myself, but um, <laughs> had, had a good day in Baltimore yesterday. Did help a buddy uh, move. I was moving out to Westminster, so handled some some business. Yo, that's first. how you know you're a real friend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was like, I know it's St. Patrick's Day, but you know, would you guys be willing? We're like, all right, you know, it's one of the homies. So exactly. Did he go Didn't drinking know. with you? Uh, we. Uh, we drank while we were uh, moving oh, everything. You are uh, something else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, yeah, did, did a little bit of that at like 9.30 a.m. Okay. Um, okay. Then got a little bit of food and then went on with the rest of the day. Got you. Yeah. All right, Superfly? Yo, man, uh, it's been a crazy weekend. I've been busy. Like, I don't know what I'm trying to get. Um, our umbrella company set up. Plug so, it, plug hey, it, sir. Hey, plug it, plug it. Plug, plug, plug. Theaugs.com. We're getting our, our logo straight, the website up. Um, record new podcasts, spinoff shows. Uh, then I took my family to the movies today, so we saw the uh, oh, what's the name of that movie? Uh, Wrinkle in Time. Okay, okay. I left okay. 20 minutes in because the middle child got an asthma attack, so oh, I no. had to bounce. Oh, wow. she's good, right? though. Yeah, okay, she's okay. Good. okay, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, she's good. Was she? You think that was a way of trying to get out of seeing no, that I wonder, movie? <laughs> I was like, she's probably too bored. She just started coughing like crazy. <laughs> I loved did, it. did she watch Black Panther with y'all? The nah, other one? We we only took the oldest to okay. see Black Panther because because I was gonna say maybe she was just protesting. She was like, no other movie's gonna be as good as this. You know what I mean? Like and and like we don't really take them all to the movies because they all always want something. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can't right, enjoy right, right. That um, makes sense. And you remember what, la- what happened last time? With yeah, Black Panther. with the icy. Exactly. So. <laughs> You know, I was like, all right, let me, you know, try to have some family time and try to, uh, you know, get them out there. But 
you know, struck out again. Okay. So I'll catch you get it on. an A for effort. Right. And, on iTunes. and an A for asthma. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'll catch it on iTunes. So. What about you, Kaleo? Uh, weekend was, was decent. Um, really just relaxed. After getting off of work Friday night. Right, right. Um, I went down to my, tried to go to my favorite spot, uh, relax on Friday nights. And they wanted to charge me to get in. And um probably shouldn't plug the name. No, I'm not. I'm not um, I'm not gonna say yeah. that crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't don't Leave give them that satisfaction. Because there's also a song associated with that, that <laughs> place and I'm just whatever. That's a whole nother movement I don't want nothing part of. <laughs> um uh, but let's talk about before we get to the headline, there's a couple of stories I want to talk about. Let's talk Jay Z and Beyonce on the run two. Yep. Yep. So the whole world is going crazy right now for these on the run two tickets and gotta be the first one to have it. They're gonna when they come here, they're gonna be at uh, FedEx Field, so it's going to be one of those summer stadium, stadium yeah. tours, and which gives you gives them more of a reason to charge you out the wazoo, right? Jack, right yep, around tax time, yeah. And this is my complaint. Okay, so I wouldn't have the big issue if we are not coming off a of four 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 where Jay Z's rapping and preaching black wealth, black excellence, and Saving your, you know, investing your money. The tickets come with a with a bank account. Exactly, you know? right. <laughs> a savings account. Exactly, right. Because right. we're talking for nose in a in a stadium. You know what the four hundreds look like at the football yeah. stadium. Oh yeah, those are yeah. one thirty, I believe, starting off at one thirty, and then to get on the field is almost you know, I believe between yeah. fifteen to, to two. I believe you can barely see a football game after from here. Field so the four hundred, yeah. right? Exactly. Yeah. Jay Z. Exactly. Oh, I'll go man. to the barbershop the next day, and the guy will have it on DVD. And yeah. I'll just yeah. I'll do it that yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or HBO is probably gonna shoot the special, and it'll be on TV, and I'll see everything. Yeah, yeah. Who's selling it? Who's pushing the tickets? Uh, Rock Nation. Rock Nation. Yeah, their own company. Rock Nation. Yeah. Yeah. Rock Nation through um, Live Nation. Live Nation. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> same, same, same person. The plug, ladies the, and the, gentlemen. The, the, or, <laughs> so the company, this, the company the runs it. Yeah. They this, own the Live this, Nation. This just, this just in. We are something else is going to be at the On The Run 2 show. <laughs> and we take back everything we just said. We're going to be there and we're going to talk about the show. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. It's, it's going to be, be really amazing. Fantastic. All right. So we're there. So look, look. We're uh, there. Marcus. Yeah. So I was looking. Look at the bottom email address. Oh, yeah. And then look, and then wow, look at the top where... So uh, if you're live with us right now, we're pulling out out plugs and secrets right now. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, hopefully we'll have a post show from there this summer. Oh, you might be in South Africa. It's possible. It's possible. It it depends. It depends. We'll take care of you, though. We'll we'll, we'll do do you justice. I mean, yeah. Sisters getting married is kind of a big deal. Oh, Justin's wife. So social media, let's get to that. Before we get all over the place, mm-hmm. we are something else. W e r s u m t h i n e l s e on all platforms. Everything that is Instagram, Facebook, iTunes, and now on Google Play, Google and Spotify. Play. Yeah. And um, Just Blaze says, "What up, fellas? Yo, what up, bro? What up, hey, great hey, show hey. last week. Yeah, yes, shout out Just. Um, when we do the for the soul segment, you're gonna want to see what's What's on these feet? That's around <laughs> this room right now. I'm gonna just tell you that. Um, so let's talk. Uh, let's talk brackets real yeah. quick. Uh, did anybody have UMBC taking out Virginia? Yo. I doubt it. Right. Nah. Warren Buffett's million dollars is safe. I don't even think anyone at UMBC had UMBC. No. So no. You know. 
It's, you know, it's silly. And then somebody else lost too, right? Uh, Arizona Washington. lost. Arizona, that's what it was. Just before this, uh, right before we started recording tonight so, too. Uh, I couldn't there is uh, something in the air. Yes. Yeah. I'm tired of seeing the same teams do it anyway. So, um, but you know what? I will say, let's go North Carolina. Let's, <laughs> they, let's, lost. they lost. Right. Or did no, they? no, no, no. They won. They won today. They were, uh, yesterday. Yesterday. I'm only. I'm only rooting for North oh, Carolina no, because today, because they, they, uh, they, they North Carolina's Jumpman sponsored, right? Right. right so right, yeah, right, we're gonna right, shoot out. Right. Shout out to North Carolina. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I was um, actually hanging with uh, my homie earlier, who's a Ch- Chapel Hill. Nice. Does, does it count that Stringer Bell with the UMBC on the wire? That's what everybody hey. has to keep saying that, too. <laughs> I mean, it's funny because Towson beat UMBC this year. So does that mean that Towson is therefore better than... Uh... Wow. Uh-oh, wait a minute. I'm this actually just literally it. just reading that North Carolina so lost North to Carolina Texas lost right now. now. Oh, my wow, what gosh. What was the score? Uh, 86-65. Wow. They got blown out. Dang. So Dang. for all of you watching the podcast right now on instagram Oof. this is new news but <laughs> on friday when you listen to it when it comes out yeah you'll be like Duh. you're like yeah, oh exactly. yeah oh. but anyways um <laughs> so let's get to our, our headline interesting headline let's do it so it reads human remains found on a ranch in florida right so oh, I'm, I'm, parapha- I'm, I'm paraphrasing this whole yeah. article because it went it went really deep but so apparently the guy it was a guy i, I can't remember his name but he went missing. And he's a normal at this poker group or whatever with his boys. And I guess after a year or so of missing or not seeing him, his boys reported him to the police that he's missing. And it's unlike him. We haven't seen him. Haven't heard from Jim in a while. Yeah. A year. Okay. So. Whoa. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 That's your friend is missing? It's not like six months or something. Or even <laughs> like, not like you missed exactly him looking for the him. next week. Exactly. Right. Yeah. He's been missing. <laughs> I haven't seen him since last year this time. Exactly. <laughs> They're like, what's that guy? He used to play cards with us? Yeah. You know, every Wednesday. We, we yeah. used to get a lot of his money. Like, yeah, well, we got to bring him back. So they reported him. And then uh, the cops go out to the ranch where the guy lives. His wife answers the door. Who is remarried? That's odd. At this point, right? <laughs> That's His wife is remarried. Odd. And <laughs> he hadn't turned up missing yet. And so and the oh, cops were like, that. ma'am, have you, you know, we're coming to do a welfare check on your husband, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, He's fine. Right. yeah, well, <laughs> haven't seen him. Mm. And so the new okay. husband's around or whatever. And I guess they question him too. But so they bring dogs out to the, to the ranch, bring the dogs out to the ranch. The dogs hit on a cement uh, like patio or balcony, whatever it yeah, is, yeah, in the yeah. backyard. And the lady told the cops, I'm going to need a lawyer and I need you to leave. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Only oh. in Florida. So needless oh. to say, they come back with the warrant. They dig up or dig through the concrete and human remains are found. Wow. So. Wow. And the irony of this is there's a wedding photo of the the wife and the new husband Getting married on top of the cement Yo. pillar and in the, in the, <laughs> dancing on top of it. In the, in the backyard. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That Yo. takes an extra kind of sick. Oh, that's some savagery that you like never even <laughs> heard of. What's love got to do with it, man? What's love wow. got to do with Wow. Mm. Wow, man. Man. Yeah. So, but because it's from Florida, that's the only reason why I'm like, yeah, that yeah, could totally happen. Exactly. That's Florida, right? What part, yeah, of, what part of Florida was it? I was just, I just got back from Florida. What part of Florida? No, nah, it was like some small, I'll look it up. It's, when I'm wet off the, to the side parts right. of Florida. Mm-hmm. Right, right. 
So, in the boonies. In the deal. boonies. Um, well, speaking of Florida, the bridge collapsed, which is yeah. tragic. Prayers yeah. up, man. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. FIU. They, they said the the lead architect had warned the, the city a week or so before and that there was a crack in the bridge. Wow. And they did nothing about it. Wow. Hey, man. I hope that's not true because that's, that's ridiculous. That's what... Yeah. You're hearing more and more about that stuff, man. Cost cutting. Mm. Yeah. It cost cutting costs. Cost lives, man. Yeah. And so, unfortunately, six lives. Dang. Yeah. So, definitely prayers to those families. Uh, So, let's let's pick it up just a little bit before we get serious again. Um, I listened to uh, anybody familiar with Little Dicky? (laughs) Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Right, not in that way. But not in that way, yeah. So, <laughs> Lil Dicky is... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I guess it was out of that a Lil Richard, and they just he went with Lil Dicky. Yeah, I mean, Lil Dicky's way funnier. Yeah. So, he's a underground or well, YouTube rapper, but he's he's actually pretty good at what he does, yeah. what he mm-hmm. says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he dropped a song, Chris Brown, called Freaky Friday. Yeah. And for them to... It's, the video's actually funny. It plays on the... I wish I was somebody else kind of thing. And they switch sides. The video is hilarious. So it's little Dicky is Chris Brown through the video. And Chris Brown is little Dicky and it's super hilarious. So check it out. Um, yeah. I, I had that on repeat today. Yeah. That, that was hilarious. So let's, let's, let's get into tonight's topic. Cause it's all fun and games. Act one. Until uh, so the police show up. Until the police show up. Right. The police come yeah. knocking. But tonight we want to, want to really hone in on, uh, what's going on with the the police right now? The state of the police, you know, police affairs. You know, what can we do to make things better? And just everywhere you look on the news right now, there's been last past how many every years, but now recently it's still going on. So police power, or however you want to put it. So the relationship police, yeah. So our special guest tonight, uh, Mr. Eric Kono here. Uh, former state trooper, uh, how many years were you on the force, the Maryland uh, State Trooper? Actually, I don't remember. Okay. I don't remember because when I transferred into narcotics division is where it gets kind of blurry. I When I left, I left in, 19, in uh, 2000. By the time we finish the show, I'll, I'll know the math. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's, let's start with the basics. What was the academy like? So when I went to the academy in 1982, um, the state police, Maryland State Police, was known as the hardest academy to, to go. Six months you lived there. You could come home on the weekends if you hadn't accumulated too many demerits during the week. If you accumulated 20 demerits during the week, you had to stay the weekend, which means that you didn't come home for two weeks. Um, it was very regimented. You got up in the morning at uh, six o'clock, morning calisthenics, you're running. And then you had to go clean your room as well as whatever area you were responsible for for the academy. 7.30, you had to be outside for Reveille, raise the flag, go to breakfast, come back. Your morning um, inspection of your rooms, they come around and inspect your room. That's how you got demerits. Then you had class all day long, except for half of the during the daytime, they would split the section A, would go to do PT for two hours. When section A came back, section B went back. Then you finished off your day. Your day was done about, about 6 p.m., then you went to dinner, then you studied all night long, had to, you know, whatever PT you had to do that night. And that was for six months. It was six months. So the academy was, was, was pretty regimented. It, I tell you, I, I think that 
for a woman, a woman knows when she becomes, a girl knows when she becomes a woman. Mm -hmm. It's a very dynamic period in her life, period in her life, that that she knows that she becomes a woman. Mm -hmm. A man has to go through degrees of points Adversity. in his life where he where he knows he becomes a man like it used to be the military mm-hmm. after you came out of the military boot camp you knew you were a man i knew i was a man when i when i came out of the academy i was at 21 years old i was doing man shit mm-hmm. you know i had more power <laughs> more power at my hand than the president had because i could stop somebody's civil liberties just like that the yeah. president can't do that and i knew that but i knew also that with with that kind of power came a lot of responsibility and I think that where we are back from the 80s to now is, number one, the training has lacked. Has lacked. We don't have police officers being hired that have a relationship with the community that they're being hired to protect. Mm-hmm. So there's a disconnect between the officer and the community he's protecting as well as the selection process. The, the, when you lower the standards, you get what you pay for. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. Right. How much responsibility it does the community itself have around setting the parameters unto which they want to be protected? So from from it depends on if you have smaller communities like Bowie. Mm-hmm. Bowie has his own township. They elect their own chief of police. Whereas when you start going to PG County, mm-hmm. that's an appointed position by the county. You have no say in that. Right. What you do have a say in is if you want more patrolling in your area, and they'll come around and look at the area statistics in there, they'll do more patrolling. But you have no control over how they police, per se. Mm-hmm. That is something that's done by the Maryland, Maryland Police Training Commission, certain amount of hours, some certain type, a certain amount of hours in, in different types of training. You have no control over that. But when you start getting into smaller towns, Townships, you can pretty much mold the police how you want them, how you want them to be. But from a larger police department, you have no control over that whatsoever. Right. And even when something happens and you complain about how they're policing, you can complain all you want to. They may do a little bit of massaging, mm-hmm. but they're going back to policing the way they police. Right. Right. Uh, do you remember how many were in your your class? We started with seventy two, ended with forty eight. Sheesh. Wow. We had fifteen people leave the first night. In wow. the cloak of darkness. Damn. <laughs> I, guess I guess that's kind of how that stuff goes, though, right? You you look to your left, look to your right. Yeah. You yeah. Somebody ain't going to be here. Right. You're going to know kind so, of soon whether it's for you or not. Yeah, and the thing about it was my father, you know, he did, before I left to go up there, we had a uh, orientation. I went two days. I went to the camp two days after my 21st birthday. So the night of my birthday, we had orientation. We went up there, and they had a all the instructors were up there and it was just mean mugging everybody because it was like a, it was a uh, quasi-military organization. My father on the way back, he said, winners never quit and quitters never win. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's all he needed to say to me. I said, yeah. no, they're going to have to kill me to come back here and not graduate from this. Right. And I would call them at home every night just to get some, you know, some, uh, you know, enthusiasm for him to boost my um, morale, morale up. Yeah, exactly. But, um, it was, it was it was it that was that changed my life. Yeah, that changed my life because I went from my my parents' kid to six months later being a man, and you could tell. I was telling you on your podcast mm-hmm. that my whole family changed once I came out the academy, and I was legitimately the man right. with a police car out there. It was a total different perspective around around the Coney here family. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. what's some of the things that will disqualify you once you're in the academy? In the academy, or- cheating, off the top, cheating will, will disqualify you. Now, if you um, with in our academy, if you got a D, 
you had one retake and you had to get a C or above in order to do it. So if you failed the test twice, you were out of the academy and they didn't play. Um, disciplinary stuff was huge with the state police. By the time you came out of Maryland State Police Academy, you would write your mother a ticket, you know, if she was wrong. That, I mean, they, <laughs> yeah. you, you, you were they a mean you. son of a bitch when you came out of there, but, <laughs> but professional. Right. Can I ask, like, so what kind of techniques did they do if you can divulge some of that stuff to get you in that mindset? Like, you know what I mean? Because it, it, you, it, it, you have to be. They have to have something that causes you to kind of. Oh yeah, so it was like easy. The, the, the way that you, it was, it was on the borderline of pledging, and mm-hmm. I pledged Omega, so I know what pledging looks like. Right. So if if you're down the hallway and you're on break, and in any state trooper or instructor or civilian walking down the hall, the first person that sees them has to scream, "Stand by." And you got to slam up against the wall. And you're doing that all day long to the point when it's time for a break, you don't even go out in the hallway anymore. Cause you, because they will literally walk up and down. And you do that all day long, become, you become uh, you know, uh, uh, programmed yeah. to do certain things. Right. And then with the constant regimen of getting up certain hours of the day and then waking you up in the middle of the night, running you in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. you, you, you take on a personality. When you're done... Nobody can f with you, right? There you yeah. go. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. they 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 know exactly what they're doing, but specifically with the Maryland State Police, there was a high attention to professionalism. They went along with it. So you dressed the part, mm-hmm. but you didn't want to mess around. We just have a saying down in Waldorf when I came at the academy: one one riot, one trooper. Right. If there's a riot, we're sending one trooper. He'll take care of it. <laughs> Real quick, there, um, there we go. For those who are watching, we're on Facebook Live now. So those who just tuned in on Facebook Live. Tonight, we're talking about police relations, the state of the police. Uh, Winnie Ryan's just chimed in. Winnie, you might want to listen to this one. Uh, this hey, Winnie. Is, Winnie, our special guest is my dad. Uh, we're talking about the state of the police, where we are today in She's the community. She's retired around state. And um, so, just chime nice. in. Thank you guys for watching. Yeah. So, when you first got to the academy, did they do everything they could do to strip you down from who you were? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, 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 it becomes inherent in just what you're doing. You you don't wear your regular clothes anymore. They give you clothes that you are uniformed as basically for the academy. So you've removed from the personal items that you associate with home mm-hmm. off the break. Mm-hmm. Your stuff had to be ironed a certain way. Bed had to be made a certain way. They come in and inspect your room and, you know, check for dust. You get demerits for stuff like that. The bed had to be made a certain way. So mentally, they were breaking you down from all the accoutrements that you had right. the day before. And after six months of that, when I used to come home for, well, on the weekends when I came home, I would come to my parents' house. My father would fix my favorite dinner. Mm-hmm. I'd eat my food and run right to my room and close the door. <laughs> <laughs> that's how my mother said what happened to him my right. father said leave him alone I know what he's going through yeah. Yeah. and and I spent the whole weekend just you know regimented getting up in the morning my father's up and I'm out I'm out in the street running right. You, know, right you become regimented like that and it was um, I don't regret any of it yeah. I don't regret any of it when you uh, graduated did you feel like you were ready for the streets um, I was ready to get out the academy. Um, the first time they put you in a car with another trooper, they tell you, now you've learned how to tell you how to do it in the academy. Now I'm gonna tell you how it's done on the streets. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, you know, you, you still take the principles that you learn within the academy because there's certain rules that you can't break, certain things that you have to fall confines that you have to stay within. But just the 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 je ne sais quoi of being on the street is much different because you you now you have to deal with real people. Exactly. Right. The unknown. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But you've been dealing with instructors 
for the whole six months. Right. You either liked it's him or you hated him. Right. Now you got to deal with Miss Johnson in the street, whose husband's been beating on her. Mm-hmm. She's not the instructor. Now you got to t- now the professional side has to come out. But if her husband comes back, now he's going to see that side they trained me right. to, to be. Right. So you got something? No. Oh, I, so I, before we yeah. get, I'm just go off topic real quick. But why is why do you think domestic violence calls are the worst? Because two, well, a couple things. The, the husband and wife, they tussle and fight. The wife calls the police officer, calls the police. Police comes there, as soon as the handcuffs gets on that mail, oh, I didn't mean for you to do that. Then she turns on the police officer. Mm-hmm. That's why most police, I know with the state police, and I would still assume that most of the local jurisdictions, you have to have two police officers respond to a domestic, to a domestic, mm-hmm. because normally the partner who did the calling would, would turn on the police officer. And there have been situations right. where the wife has been there bloody. They go to arrest the husband, and the wife turns on the police officers. Mm-hmm. It's wow. a dangerous situation. Yeah, it's also passion. I mean, when when people are, you know, passionate about something, they they aren't thinking clearly anymore. Yeah. You are. I just want you, to come, want you to come here and make them stop. I didn't want you to arrest them. Yeah. Right. That's my husband. We handle our business here. You're not leaving at the house with him. Yeah, I didn't call for all that. Mm-hmm. Do you um, remember your first night on the street? I do. I remember my first week on the street. I remember the guy who was breaking me in, breaking me in, breaking me in. His name was Ben Hurdle. And Ben, if you're still around, I'm gonna tell the story. Ben was <laughs> Ben was soft as tissue. <laughs> and this was your training officer. Yeah, he was oh, my training God. officer. And I kind of resent. I wanted. I want. I knew the guy. That I wanted. The guy I wanted was Kevin Lambert. We're still good friends. He may be on here watching. Um, and I eventually wound up with Kevin Lambert. So Ben Hurdle was my trainer, and he was a Make sure you um, how many <coughs> how many books of warnings do you have? I got enough. So he would go over little teeny things that didn't make any didn't even make any sense for me to learn the streets. And my first shift was midnight shift, so we got a call, ten thirty two, which is man with a gun. Okay. We go to Bannister Circle first in night. Waldorf. Yeah. Waldorf. Bannister, I know Bannister. Roll up on the, roll up in the car. First thing you gotta do, you can't get out that car if I just that. I'm putting my steps. I'm looking in the mirror. I've been six months. I've been waiting for this Stetson to get on my head. Mm-hmm. Get out there, go pow! I take that Stetson, throw it off because <laughs> now you can see the silhouette of that. Yeah, that. exactly. So, so the doors open. We can hear shots in there. So we go up to the house. A husband, a man, a woman, and a girl sitting on the on the couch. And this is where the calls come from. They watching TV. I said, "Shots fired!" And he said, "Yes, my wife in the bathroom shooting the um the shower curtain." <laughs> what in? What did I wake up and wait? Just target practice. Is that what? So no. So what happened was she was committed at Crownsville uh, Mental okay. Institute up in Baltimore. No, oh, okay. She escaped. Well, decided we call it escape. She left the facility, caught a cab, went home, wow. and was pissed at her husband because he had her committed. So he she he was a DC police officer. She went in the room, got his gun, and started shooting the, the shower curtain, cussing him out, cussing him out. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we're sitting there trying to figure. So we we back out of the house. We get, we get them out of the house. Mm-hmm. And state police didn't have a SWAT team. We had what's called the state team. And it was, you had one on the eastern shore, one on this side of the shore. And they were, weren't full time. They all were tr- road troopers. And when they got called out, they so went in the trunk, got their stuff, and then, and then the um, deployed. So, but the head of the state department lived in Waldorf. And this dude was notorious. Jesse Grable, you're still living. Um, Jesse, he was notorious. He said, I'm calling the team out. 
So they got guys who lived in the county who were on the team. They come out in short. They were coming short, and they were going to rush the house. So they go in there. They finally get her down. Come in there. So now I got, me and Ben got to take her back. We walk. We, I walk in from the back. She turns around. She said, no, niggas, no, niggas. No, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. I look at her. You right. All the way to Baltimore It's going to be you and this nigga All the way back to Baltimore Mm -hmm. And I took her back But she was was nuts She didn't hurt anybody But that was my first night Wow That's memorable for sure So Ben left Ben went home early And had to change his underwear And then (laughs) No God dang Can't train you for that Um Emotion, like emotion-wise, do you remember how like that night went for you? Like, were a range of emotions from like fear to excited to, you know what? <clears throat> no, I don't think that I was ever scared. I mean, the the funny thing about it, if you if you reverse that back about three three weeks prior to that, the last two weeks at the academy before we graduated, we all had to do what's called field training. So we we were we were basically assigned to a barrack throughout the state for two weeks. And I stayed at the Frederick Barrack. So for the last two weeks, we're riding around with a trooper. We haven't been sworn police officers, but we got guns and everything. We're riding around. For two weeks, nothing's going on for me. Everybody else from my academy, they're getting all kinds of exciting calls. I'm riding around writing tickets, working radar. The last day, I get a call for a motorcycle accident on Route 70. Pull up to the at, on the median strip. You had the uh, you know the guardrails going on the medium, and I saw the motorcycle on the side. This is when Maryland didn't have a, a helmet law. Wow! I was like, mm-hmm. "Is that a leg? There's the other leg. Ooh! There's the arm. There's the other arm. Is that Herman the mutt? The top of his head was gone. Wow! The trooper, I was with. He says, "Take the pictures. Turn them over. Get his license." <laughs> Savage. Wow. The the eye beams on the guardrail had ripped every limb off of him. Right. He was drunk. You could smell the the odor of an alcohol. I know there are troopers out there. You can't smell alcohol. It's the odor of an alcoholic beverage. You could smell that just emanating from the grass. Wow. And when I turned around, you hear him go, ugh. They, look, they were looking at me they were oh. looking because oh, that, that, the air they were looking at me to see if I was going to freeze. Mm-hmm. We, after, after it was all over the corner, came picked them up. Said, "Let's go eat." They looked at me, said, "He's a real one, right?" Let's go eat. They ain't gonna make shake so, me. Let's go eat. Not built for that. Not you be done, huh? Wow. I ain't built for that. <laughs> nope. He's a yard. I said, "Let's go eat." How did I was I, good because like I told you, yeah. my first job was at a cemetery. That's yeah. right. At a cemetery. That's right. That's right. What was it about being a police? Like, what was there a driving force for you? Wanted to, you know, start that as a career? You know what? It, nobody in my family on this, over here on the, this side of uh, of uh, the country was a police officer. I just went to a job fair when I was in the flux between whether I was going to go straight to college or or go into the workforce. I was already working when I was in co- in high school, and I went to this job fair, PG County Community College, and I walked in this. One section, I saw this trooper standing there with them green pants on, and that brown shirt, and that stetson on. And when he, when I saw him, I said, "That's it right there." That mm-hmm. was, it was just hit. The first impression got me. Mm-hmm. It got me. Mm-hmm. It got wow. me. Um, do you have any? Um, do you remember any like traffic stops you may have made that may have been 
Yeah, any, any questionable or any traffic stops that you may have made in your career that stand out? Uh yeah, yeah. Um the one the one I probably that stands out the most and and part of me kind of regrets how this happened, how this played out, but I did I did the best that I could do it with the with the choices I had. So I'm working midnight shift and I was going down the old road, which is nine twenty five. And the car's weaving in front of me, and I'm watching them. I say, okay, I got me a drunk. I give them plenty of time to drive. I say, okay, now I'm going to stop. Light him up, pull him over, get him up. He pulls out his ID. He's a D.C. police officer. Mm. So where do you live? He says, Smallwood Drive. So I'm going to take you home. Pull, I'm going to pull your car over here. I'm going to take you home. And who's home? He said, my wife. I'm going to give your wife your keys. Uh, police, uh, you know, courtesy, I'm going to take you home. Get him in my car. He's coming from a retirement party in D.C. He didn't drove all the way back from D.C. Mm, and he's geez. all over the road in the quarter mile that I've been following him. I don't know how he made it that far. Man, Get him home. Tell his wife, look, I stopped him on the old road. The car's up there by by Blue, by the, uh, what was the name of that, uh, that go-go place down there? Um, I can't think of the name. Right there, Acton Lane. I know what you're talking about. Um, Choo-choo's. No, no. Uh, oh. Old school. Mm-hmm. I can't think of the name of it. So I, I, I give her, her the keys and said, you guys can pick up the car tomorrow. Get back on the road. About an hour later, I'm going down the road, and I'm past where I dropped the car off. And I'm about two cars ahead. I said, there's a dang, another trunk. So I get around. It's that same car. Light him up, pull him up again. He's about maybe about a mile further where I parked the car. Sheesh. He's behind the wheel again. I said, man, you got to go. Oh, you got to go. I said, because I already took you on the first time. Mm-hmm. I gave you a chance. You're not going to be settled. Until, you're not going to be comfortable until your car's home. So I, I arrested him, took him back to the barrack, told a, told a duty officer because I had a, a, a active duty police officer. His supervisor came down. They took him back up the road. I don't know what happened to him, um, but I kind of regretted it. But I also knew if I'd allowed him to continue on, he was eventually going to get that car. And if he had killed somebody, that would have been on, on, right, been yeah, on right, me. Mm-hmm. Right. That would have been on me. But that, that, that was the first traffic uh the the one traffic uh stop that I had that still remembers but that's not that's not the one that that haunts me though there was an undercover case I was working where they had a PG County police officer accusing of um planting drugs on kids and I don't know if you guys remember mm-hmm. back in the 90s a star running back out of Forestville died and had ingested a bunch of crack cocaine they said that they knew he would have never done that but they thought he was forced into doing it and homer avenue used to be the hot spot in pg county Mm -hmm. so there was allegations that one pg county officer was dirty Mm. so their internal affairs calls our unit said we need one of your undercovers to work this case so of course it was me get in an old beat up volvo and i'm riding down homer Avenue. get out to homer avenue where i already know where i'm gonna go he pulls me over. He said, where are you going? I said, I'm going up here to see a friend. What's your friend's name? I told the person who lived there. He said, come over here. He starts searching me. Mm-hmm. He said, what's this? I said, that ain't mine. But the the other guys on his unit knew that we were targeting him that day, so they were there to protect me. Right. He puts me in the car. Now he's going to take me over to Old Seat Pleasant Station right there off of Addison Road mm-hmm. and Central Avenue. All the way down the road, he taking this stick and he jabbed me in the side. I said, man, that you put that on me. That, that was he's a shot. We get to the station. They take me downstairs, put me in the holding cell. Mm-hmm. And I'm waiting for internal, and eventually internal, their internal friends to come down and release me, take me out the back, and we go over to Clinton so I can write my statement. He got put on light duty. He was working at their records, their records uh, section right off of Central Avenue, right up the hill where the old hill, um, uh, Central Avenue uh, driving used to be mm-hmm. right there. 
those of you older as me know what that Central Avenue drive is. Central Avenue driving is because you, you used to play the rated X movies. You sit in high school, <laughs> elementary school, watching right up there, <laughs> right up there. Um, and he eventually killed himself. Jeez. Wow. He eventually killed himself because of that. Yeah. He wow. killed himself because mm. of that. So, fast forwarding to 30 plus years later, um, what do you think the current state of the police is right now? From me, as far as the, the state of the police or. Yeah, the, like the PR or this, just how the departments are. Like, I, th- I think, okay, so I think nationwide, the police departments are up against the rope. Up against the rope, and they're trying to figure: Do we rope a dope? Do we just endure this until it goes away, or do we come out fighting? Mm-hmm. And it's a—I'm not gonna say it's a tough choice for them because they're going—they're going to have to come out of this bruised up a little bit in order to move forward. Because if they come out unscathed, then we—we we haven't learned anything. We haven't learned anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the the current state of police departments right now is that they're up against the ropes. Mm-hmm. You know. Just when you seem you may get some traction, then you have the unfortunate shooting down in Florida, and then you have the lack of response by the police. But the problem with that is, is that they didn't get ahead of that to talk about because we don't do active shooting responses one police officer at a time. So instead of them justifying why that officer didn't go, did or did not go in there, mm-hmm. they took the lumps again. Once again, the police officer back in the spotlight for now not doing anything. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Um, so real quick, uh, for those who are watching on Facebook, we're talking about police relations, the state of the current police. If you have any questions, uh, feel free to write them in. I'm looking at them as we talk and I will ask your questions so you can get interactive with this thing. Uh, questions? I mean, um, was there any part of your career where it was like, Maybe like a, a spot that you had to like fight through, some adversity that you hadn't experienced at the time. That really tested tested your will. Um, f- for me, back in the 80s, the biggest thing was that I went to a barrack that was predominantly... Um, Caucasian? Ca- very pro-Caucasian. Okay. Very pro-Caucasian. And I think I told Marcus when I was there mm-hmm. that I was... It was four... Four or five other troopers there, but I was the first non-white trooper to get his first stripe on time down there, hmm. and it caused some resentment some, from some from some of the other tro- black troopers down there that were there well before me. But it kind of catapulted on the conversation. I'm down at the barrack about three o'clock in the morning, and one of the sergeants who was known to be racist. I mean, if you went to, when you went to his house, he had targets in his house that had black men with the bullseye in the black man's face. But you knew what you were getting when you dealt with him. And he pulled me up. I was downstairs checking my box one day. He said, go in here. I said, yes, sir. He said, you're different than them. Mm-hmm. I said, excuse me? He said, you're different than them. And I left it alone and walked out. I knew what he meant. Mm-hmm. I knew what he meant, but I left it alone. But I, but I kind of put kind of put a, 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 a check mark in there that he had, because of my last name and how I presented myself, that he had said that it's okay for him to be that color because he's not like the rest of them. And I was kind of resented because my mother's black. Mm-hmm. Right. My mother's black. But then a part of me was saying, anything I can do to survive down here, mm-hmm. I'm going to use it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use it. And I know I'm going to get a lot of flack for that, but I've been doing that all my life. When I was in high school, 
the brothers said he's one of us because I grew up in Hillcrest Heights. Mm -hmm. But the non-blacks, the whites, said he's not black, he's Hawaiian, he's one of us. Man, I use that to my advantage. Yeah. I use that to my yeah. advantage because I got along with both sides. Matter of fact, my if you look at my my prom picture. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> that chimes in on the interracial dating topic we had a couple a couple of sessions weeks ago. Um That was a fun show. That was real fun. That was a fun one. Um so one of I guess the things police have done to try to help out with some of the stops they're making is they've issued body cameras. Um do Until the officers disconnect them. Well, I was say there's no there's no standard protocol, it seems like, around the usage and and how they manage all those videos. Well, you so. had the one officer in DC who whose body camera kind of conveniently went off and the guy died. Yeah. But then you look at his With the motorcycle, his, right? Yeah, but you look at his record, he's had all kind of brutality cases against him. Yeah. Against, right. I'm against, trying to figure out why they even design them Bruce, so that you, you are able to turn them off. Season. Right, you know yeah. I mean? You should yeah. be able to just um, and the same thing with same thing with police camp the cars they call those sergeants sergeants in the trunk right Mm -hmm. you know they call them sergeants in the trunk you know it it, it works to both ways for police safety Mm -hmm. and also to checks and balances on police behavior Mm -hmm. on police behavior because now you can evaluate those police officers that have been involved in traffic stop shootings if you know kind of cater your training around we need to do this differently but Mm -hmm. at the same time you can't get away with that stuff because the ones in the car you can't really turn off. Do you believe that narrative that happens around when they see video, when they show videos on TV, that a, a lot of times the first thing that happens is the police uh, tend to go, well, that's the perspective of the video. That's not how I saw it. And it's like, well, dude, we all looking at the same video. Yeah, we what's see what's what the happens. old saying? You believe me or you're lying as eyes. Yeah, right, <laughs> right, right, right. You can believe it. No, I don't, I don't fall for that. I mean, the See the perspective he's talking about is fear is in is in yeah. you can't measure fear by that by that video. And what right, I was telling right. you before is that the the fear is going to elevate or de-escalate depending on the person, how they feel at that specific time, and what they feel what they're dealing with. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. if you take a young white female from Western Maryland and you put her in the middle of Western Baltimore. Fear is going to be elevated in every time she does, she mm-hmm. has an interaction up there. Whereas yeah. if you take a guy who's from Western Baltimore mm-hmm. and he's a police officer, he doesn't have the same type of fear right. because he has a, a relationship with the neighborhood. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when he says that, he's not talking from a visual standpoint. He's talking about from a from a, a, a physiological standpoint. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And but that doesn't that doesn't discredit the fact that we see what just happened on that video. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, digging into the the race side of everything, why do you think that? Um, first of all, going back into your day being on the on the force, were black people always not targeted, but meant uh, told you were told to look at uh, with an extra eye, like, like look after yeah, any different than any other stop? Nope, not not down in Charles County back in the eighties. No, because back then. You had, even though the department was predominantly white, most of the rest were white because the county the was county, predominantly right. white. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, right. it was predominantly white. You know, conversely, if you go to inner city, the majority of arrests are going to be black. It's not because right. they're targeting black; mm-hmm. it's because the crime is being 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 you know Those done by. The, the, but yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Point. yeah. Um, with what we've seen on the news. And a lot of the 
innocent killings or maybe we'll use the word innocent uh, or just so you killings that probably don't need to happen where you can looks like they could have de-escalated the situation a different way. Mm-hmm. Uh, where do you think those go wrong? How do we get from pulling someone over to another another victim? Okay, so it, I understand your question, but I think it's so broad right, that I have to okay. break it down in a couple of segments. Number one, I think that it goes back to having proper training on mm-hmm. the job, getting the right people in those cities where they're working. If, if, if the police officer or woman does not have a relationship with their community, it's always going to be an adverse interaction. Mm-hmm. There, there, there's nobody can 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 dispute that one way or another. We can argue till the cows come home. If you don't have a relationship with that community, you don't have a vested relationship with that community. You don't have a vested relationship with the person you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the biggest problems that happened to policing as a whole, and I think we I think that the the. The, the dog has come back to bite us in the ass now. They took away pure community policing. When the guy used to walk the street in his beat and everybody on that street knew who he was mm-hmm. to the point that he could go to their house and have lunch at their houses and, and alternate between the, 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 the neighbors on, in the corner or the shop owners down the street because mm-hmm. he was part he was he was a part of the community he was a he was a, a you know part of the, the the fabric of that community mm-hmm. when you took that away mm-hmm. and separated them then there's no relationship between the community the police officer and the police officer in the community conversely when all of those qualified individuals who live in the community don't become police officers in that community anymore then you start extracting people from other areas that don't have a relationship with them mm-hmm. and it's hard to build that relationship because the community has to build a relationship first because you're the outsider not not the, not not the, not the, not the neighbors the police officer the outsider mm-hmm. and so that gap has to be bridged but once they took away pure police uh, community policing it, it 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 went it went south and i think that trying to Revamp that community policing is going to be tough if you don't have someone in there that has a vested interest in the community that they're policing. Right. Well, like one thing that kind of strikes me is that, you know, you go through the academy, you go through some some stuff that really builds up character and resolve. Mm -hmm. Like, why all of a sudden are these people so afraid? You know what I mean? It's like you always hear about fear, fear, fear. But you got to remember, that's a controlled environment. Mm -hmm. You're building Mm -hmm. character with people who you know there to protect, there to to cover your back. Mm -hmm. There's there's no opposing forces in the police academy. It's all it's an environment that's like playing football. It's like it's like football practice Practice with your own team. Now you got to play those big guys coming down there from Western Maryland, who the the youngest guy on the team is six seven. Mm -hmm. It's different than practicing with with Billy, who's only four foot five, and I'm running over him every day. Mm -hmm. You follow what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So now the anxiety starts to kick in because. You've never met that met that type of uh, that adversary before, or implied adversary because you know you know this 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 particular block has had twenty five shootings last week. Now you are gonna make me walk the street? No, right. man, I'm I'm from Podunk, um, uh, Maryland. Mm-hmm. I, I don't deal with this kind of stuff. So the the fear becomes elevated. And I was I was telling um, Marcus last time that what we have to do is they have to expand their training for this sensitivity training because. If the only tool you have in your belt is a hammer, mm-hmm. you'll see everything as a nail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember any kind of sensitivity training you received? Uh, no. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't wow. give us. They didn't give us any sensitivity training back then. 
Um, it was none of that. I wonder, maybe you have the answer to this, maybe not, I'm just speaking out loud, what kind of sensitivity tr- training they receive now, if any. I mean... It's one of those things, like, because you should feel that they shouldn't have, that shouldn't be a requirement. Like, you shouldn't have to have that. Mm-hmm. It should just be inherent that, you know, it, it wouldn't be necessary. Right. It's supposed to be protect and serve. So, I, the question I'm going to ask on the outside, do you feel protected that, and that they're serving your best interest? Oh, absolutely not. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Unless I need them. Like, yeah, yeah. I never... See, but I'm let me ask you a question. What if you, what, let me ask you something. Let me, yeah. let, me, let, me, let me put it this way. Yeah. Let's say that Talking, uh, your house, <coughs> you have somebody suspicious walking around your house, yeah. and Just, you call you the know, police. Mm-hmm. Are you feeling comfortable that police that has to come to your house for first, anyways? Yeah, no. Right. My dad is... Right. So yes, there's the serve part. Right, right, right. There's the serve part going down the drain. Exactly. So how can he protect you when you already feel uncomfortable with him coming to your house in the first place? Right. Right. It's, it's like then that it, Chappelle, show, uh, Chappelle joke where he talks about uh, he has to call the police and they come in and they like knock him over the head and they're like, I've seen this case before, Johnson. <laughs> Open and I've seen this before. Here. Apparently these Negroes broke in and hung pictures of themselves all over this guy's house. Yeah, sprinkles a crack on but it's yeah. all, I think some, there's some <coughs> on me as a member of the community to go out and engage with the with the with the police officers. I haven't Double necessarily done that. That's something I want to work towards. So, mm-hmm. I, but you know, I, for me, I go to the same Seven Eleven most of the times um, up the street from my house, and police are sitting there every day. Mm-hmm. When I'm at when I'm at the coffee counter with them, I'll I'll immediately engage in a conversation with them. Mm-hmm. How's your day going? Right. Be careful out there. They look at me. I used to be a state trooper. Really? To break the ice. Be careful mm-hmm. out there. Because not be careful because of the type of job you have. Right. The adversary has gotten bigger on, now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Podcast. Be careful in the sense not somebody's gonna shoot you, but be careful how you out. act. Mm-hmm. Be careful out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. And so it, it it has gotten the job. I tell people I miss the job, I don't miss the people. In you know the, the 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 upper ranks, I've missed the job itself, but I would never work the job now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. It's like I know I know police officers on an individual level when they're not in uniform. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you, you it's regular. We all people. got we got some regular. friends, you know, exactly. that are that are cops. Exactly. Um, but it seems you know it, if you meet them, you know, at a traffic stop or you know what I mean, when some crazy stuff is going on, you know, you got to be on extra guard. Because you already kind of know, especially as a black man, you you know that you you know you instill fear in other right. people. Um, right. Um, we spoke on your your traffic stop. Um, I'm sure the Annapolis caper. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But I've had um, a few stops. I, not necessarily. It's always when I see the lights, I'm like, oh boy, what is it now? And it's always, oh, your your brake light was out. Like, well, I didn't know it was out. Obviously. Right. So right. then they'll. Why have you over? Yeah. Have you marijuana in that car? Exactly. Yeah. And so they, right. they come and they try to they'll size you up a little bit just to see what's going on. One, it's always if it's not me, it's always they're gonna look out. For what I feel is a car. Mm-hmm. You know, they know Crown Victorious, uh, Ford Taurus, blacked out windows. Yep. You see him profiling? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they know those cars, and so I used to drive a car that had. I didn't know you had a Crown Vic. No, no, no. I used to oh. have a car that had like 5% tint on it. Oh, got it, yeah. It was super couldn't blacked see, out. Couldn't see nothing. And nothing in there. That calls for a couple of pullovers or whatever. Mm-hmm. They, they found a reason to try to pull me over. But, I mean, right. once they checked me out, it was like, all right, you can go. Mm-hmm. But 
that's the whole case of now we get into the profiling situation. Yeah. And they don't want to act like there's no profiling, but there is profile. Even if before if it's a racial profile, it's a car profile. They know what they they know what to look out for. And, and they can only must imagine even if you have five percent tenant, who what type of person is driving that car? Right. What type of person is driving the car? Right. But you know, inherently we profile too. Oh, of course. Right. <laughs> yeah. of course. Right. So, we profile too. And, and I, not 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 I'm not defending them, but it's inherent in you. But the problem yeah. with it is when you profile to boost your stats, that's when it becomes Right. You know what I mean? Because that's right. the only reason. If the guy, car's riding on the road and you have no probable cause other than the fact that you've profiled this car, mm-hmm. the only reason why you stop at that car is to boost your stat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Car's done nothing illegal other than drive down the road and it's a car that you've profiled and you pull that car over, you're looking to boost your stat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it true? This, this is uh, one of the questions. Is it true that? When you see like radar traps, or it's always at the end of the month or the beginning of the month, cops are out trying to meet a quota. Yeah, is that is that a real thing? No. So, but I will. What I will tell you this is that if you don't have enough stops, you will lose your car. Really? But there is no quota. Um, our our aim was to get have one traffic stop per hour. Otherwise, you lose your car. You know, I mean, traffic stop whether it be a ticket, a repair order, or a warning. Mm-hmm. Because they didn't want you coming to work for eight hours and not doing anything at all, mm-hmm. so I would just make a stop an hour. You know what I mean? Whether mm-hmm. it was a warning, it didn't have to be all tickets. So there was no quota, but you had to be doing something. Mm-hmm. If you weren't taking a report mm-hmm. or responding somewhere, because your all your hours are accounted for by what's called a CC card, complaint control card, or you just riding road. So if you did a you you got called for a domestic, and you didn't make an arrest, but you did an incident report on it, and it took you two hours. Those other six hours have to be accounted for. Mm-hmm. They have right. to be accounted for. You can't be just riding around, stopping at every Seven Eleven. You know that gives you free coffee. <laughs> right, and right, you can't right. be doing that. Right, mm-hmm. right. Um, so, as a quick disclaimer, uh, we're not doing this show to be negative, shed negative light on the police, or you know, we're just talking everyday issues that everyone's run into, whether you're white, black, Asian, whatever. Yeah. Everybody's had a run in with a police officer. Or everybody watches the news and a story, one story over another may step, you know, mm-hmm. jump out at your heart and, you, you know, you take mm-hmm. hold of and you realize either there's an injustice going on or there's not enough uh, policing going on, like, for instance, schools, yeah. right, you know. Right. Um, but, but like, for instance, like one thing we were talking about in my podcast um, with you was around um, trying to learn how to let go of all those experiences. And I feel like the more things that we see on the news and on social media where we're being fed all mm-hmm. that stuff and we're carrying things that never even happened to us along with, mm-hmm. you right. know what I mean? Our right. interactions. And we got to learn how to either um, not take those things in or figure out a way to kind of let some of that stuff so go. That brings me to even a in your own had. past experience. Yeah. Does that brings me a question I have. Mm-hmm. We can put it off in two parts. Do you think that the news, the regular media uh, feeds just as bad information as social. What is worse, the regular media or social media? Uh, it's, regular media is the worst because you think that they're professional. That's what professional is supposed to vet the information. The news now is a rush to report as opposed to rush to facts. Right. right. They 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 would rather come back and pull a statement and mm-hmm. say we made a mistake than not be the first to report it. Mm-hmm. Right. 
point of fact, the, the Connecticut shooting with the kids got shot up there. There was so much misreporting in that first 15 minutes. Wolf Blitzer had to, I think he apologized four times for Jeez. putting out bad information. But there's a rush to report before there's a rush to, you know, to, 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 uh, uh, to get facts, it's yeah. like and I think social media. Everybody's gotta be the first to, to get them, right? Yeah, because right. they're, compa- they're trying to compete with the internet. But if you, you know? t- if yeah. the social media is social media, you can't take none of that serious. Exactly, right. you can't take none of that serious. But do you think with social media, how now we're seeing hands-on footage from people at the scene or people nearby putting these traffic stops or whatever, and putting these, shedding a light on cops mm-hmm. on their phones? Do you think that has helped with? Some something that could have gone wrong at the stop, or would that make police officers second guess now that they're being filmed? Um, it could be, but you know, if you look at a lot of the ones that the ones that are being released, like I, there's one going around right now where the guy won't put his hands behind his back, and the girls tell him to get down, get down, let him go, and then they they wind up putting her in handcuffs too. Put her. I don't know the circumstances that happened before that stop. Mm-hmm. And I don't know the circumstances of what, as a result, what happened. Mm-hmm. For all we know, they both could have been released. I don't know, and I don't know what happened up to that. So it's, it's hard. I can't, I can't yeah. second guess. I do know that during that time of the interaction, there was probably a couple of shots going on down there. They were probably a little bit unnecessary, a little mm-hmm. bit excessive. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. But gotcha. if he wouldn't put his hands behind his back, then you got to. I mean, yeah. So I, gotta, I actually think it's good to be able to use your camera in a way to kind of right. protect yourself. I don't think it's good to consume that yeah, violence no. right. and all yeah, and, and, yeah. and inject yourself. Well, that's that. like with anything on TV now. Like they're force feeding us a lot of different things on TV nowadays, right. and we absorb it all. I mean, mm-hmm. especially now with everybody, the situation is going to be tense now. Whatever with the police. And then they're feeding you more. There's another case mm-hmm. here, another case there, and so now we're getting up gets and on. The then... That's what's getting the views. Right. Yep. You right. know, right. it's the hot topic. It, you know, you know when that whole sh- that shift between keeping keeping you away from that stuff, and all of a sudden we got excited about it. You know when that shift happened. First Gulf Cops. War. Oh. First mm-hmm. Gulf War, when they started letting us see what those missiles do. Oh, right. Oh, right. Yeah. right. And right. American public, they, 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 they put us in the backseat of those planes, mm-hmm. and we got excited all about that. Green glow and then all of a sudden, yeah. the, the media says, this is the new thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is the new thing. We got to start showing because now we're going to get all the ratings right. because we got the feed from the, from the missile hitting the, hitting the, uh, the, the terrorist factory or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And that's what we, at that point, we got desensitized, and we love. Seeing right. drama, right. right? I got a Facebook question. How difficult is it to address an incident where a fellow officer is clearly out of bounds in their actions on the scene? Um, I never had a problem with Great it. Question. I never had a problem with it. Is but the, but now, if you if you with police departments now, it's supposed to be what was the thin blue line. We're supposed to keep it amongst ourselves. Brotherhood, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah keep mm-hmm. it amongst ourselves. But what happens is you become complicit. When you don't do nothing at all, so mm-hmm. I've been in situations. Said that's enough. That's enough. You get you get in the car. You get to go. Let me handle this because I don't want anybody to escalate the situation to a point where we can handle this at a lower lower escalation rate than somebody coming in and start swinging and, and then raise it to another level. We could get out of here all safe and sound. He's not hurt. We're not hurt. Right. Once you start doing that, then we elevate it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. Great question, Tony. Thank you for watching. Uh. Keith's on social media too. What's up, Keith? Um, Keith Sweat. 
Exactly. No, no. Angry Keith. Right? Angry Keith. Yeah, right. Angry yeah, Keith, Keith, I know you Keith got a question. Works. Tell us why you mad. Tell us why you mad. <laughs> Keith, some Keith's a Metro driver, so right. he probably got oh, a lot yeah, of I know he pissed. He yeah. pissed off by a lot of mm, things. Sheesh. Um, We're going to have him on the show. So <laughs> I'm on, I got to just, just mad. I don't know if there's more so. It will end up being a question, but I think it's something we can all comment on. So let's take the Florida school shooting a mm-hmm. uh, couple, couple weeks ago, a month, a month ago by now. Uh, I can't remember the kid's name because I'm, I'm not going to glorify his name. Right, right. But they're saying that, you know, mental illness. Um, and they, they, a couple people said, oh, we saw this coming. If anybody would have done it, we knew it would have been him. Um, right, right. And then at the end it's of typical. the day. And at the. Exactly, right. At the end of the day, after 17 lives were lost, where there's a picture of this clown being cuffed. Right. Alive, right, right, right. right so let's right. let's let's get that from one. I'm a, it's a, I'm getting to a point here. Mm-hmm. So then let's go to um, Dylan Roof. Yeah, South the, Carolina. The guy yep. who shot up the church the in church. South Carolina, killing a mass amount of people. Yeah, yeah. and that's black people with that too. So that was more not just a mass shooting; it was a hate crime. Yeah, mm-hmm. taking alive, right? Yeah, and, and, and offered. Lunch. All for yeah. Burger King. Yeah. Oh, you look hungry. You look like you've been yeah. doing a lot of work. Let's feed you. Right. Okay. Right. So let's dial back to uh, Terrence Crutcher. Okay. Terrence Crutcher. Is that Texas? Was that? No. Terrence oh. Crutcher is Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay. Traffic stop. Mm-hmm. No, he wasn't even stopped. His car broke down in the middle of the road. He was flagging down for help. Then all of a sudden, there's helicopters surrounding the scene of Terrence Crutcher. Uh, a white female officer comes to the scene. She automatically, she's on alert. Guns out, sir, get down, get down, get down. He's waving down because he's got a flat tire. Something's wrong with his, his truck. Mm-hmm. Um, in the, heli- the helicopter audio that was released, it was the woman's boyfriend, a husband, saying, oh, he looks like a bad dude. How can you see that from a helicopter? Okay, He right. looks like a bad dude. Right. Needless right. to say, Terrence Crutcher was killed right there on the scene. Let's go to Eric Gardner. Mm-hmm. Um, selling Lucy's. Mm-hmm. Lucy's are cigarettes. Singles. Yep. Um, whether it's legal or not, it was a minimal... I don't think it's a felony selling the Lucy. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know if the, is the FDA yeah, wants to get involved. You know, yeah. But selling Lucy's, he ends up getting choked out. Dies about, on the scene, about right? Six. All right, six let's go to uh, like Alton Sterling. Selling bootleg CDs, shot and killed on the scene for selling CDs. Right, I don't know. Uh, Philando Castile in the car with his wife or girlfriend and his daughter in the back seat, or well, at least her daughter. That may have been concealed carry license. Mm-hmm. Told the cop mm-hmm. he has a he's licensed to carry. So the cop at that point, one okay because I guess multiple people in the car. One was on his side. And there was one on the lady's side who making sure that nobody, whatever. But he, public knowledge, he told the cop he had a gun. I don't know. I, I don't think he was reaching for it. But anyway, shot in the car in front. In front of his girl. And the, the door. And the, door. And, and the, right. and the little one. Right. And then they confiscated her phone, right? Somehow the footage still. She was on Facebook. She went on, on Facebook, Facebook Live. Live. Yeah. She went on Facebook Live during that, that time. Anyway, shot and killed, right? Um, I don't think... <coughs> Oh, and then Mike Brown. We all know what happened to Mike Brown. Well, we don't. Well, yeah. we shot right. and killed. Body laid in, in the streets yeah. for mm-hmm. about 
three or four hours. Yeah, maybe even longer than that. Mm-hmm. So, I'm what happened think- to that? What happened to that one uh, dude that was that in Texas that shot? That was I think shot like five five police officers or something like that. Oh, that was did they yeah. kill him? I don't know. I can't remember. I have to look it up. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Facebook says the bar, uh, the Boston bomber hiding yet armed and dangerous taken alive. That's right. 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 Um, so I don't think any one of these cases that I read off where the person died that there was a conviction in with any of these police officers. Mm-hmm. We can go Freddie Gray. Mm-hmm. None. So, so I guess there's a we can have a conversation about this. We can have, I do have a question. Um, do you think that a lot of people say the charges, they the cops are overcharged, which allows for them to to be found to way to get off. Mm. They're overcharged with all these, you know, it sounds good on it looks good on paper, you right. know. Murder, 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 but they're everybody's walking free and there's a bunch of bodies being mm-hmm. in the ground, right? Right. So let's uh do you think that they're overcharged. That's that's what started my first question. Um, I think that some of those cases they they were overcharged. I think that in some of those cases, uh, like the one in Baltimore, that the it was so politicized and the the tensions between or the or the uh, relationship between the police department and the prosecutor's uh, department became a very adversarial a uh, situation that so either way was not going to not going to win. I think that that case got politicized not not only with the with the prosecutor. But even with the mayor, police officer, and the prosecutor, it, it became the ugliest triad I've ever seen in my life. And I think that the what happened out of that case was as a result of poor prosecution, mm-hmm. poor prosecuting, um, and um, it was just a sad situation. Was, uh, somebody had to have been guilty. Somebody, yeah. right, right. With right. six officers mm-hmm. charged, right? Yeah. Got all that craziness going up there in Baltimore right now too, with like I, the and that the corrupt Texas cops and all that stuff. The guy yeah. in the boat? No, 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 Texas, no, no, no. The oh, Texas. Texas. Yeah, the one where the guy. Oh, that one we were just talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. They, they, they did end up killing that guy. Um, you know, I think it. I, I think what it, what for a certain um, uh, segment of uh, the citizenry, the justice system is working as it's supposed to. Right. Well, you know what I mean. It, and when it doesn't, then you'll start to see change. So, for instance, you know, down in Florida, people are going to either change the gun laws and or prosecute that one guy to the fullest extent. Something's going to happen because you got Caucasian kids in danger. Right. Well, that's you know, that true. can speak out about for themselves. And they, speak, and they, they speak eloquently. So, exactly. but, but then here's the question. What do you value? What is your value of what change is? Yeah, you, you follow what I'm saying mm-hmm. because until the decision maker is de- affected, yeah. there is no that. change. Right. Yeah. right, absolutely. Nine eleven happened. The decision maker was affected. Right. Mm-hmm. Three weeks later, I can't even take water to the plane. Right. right. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you follow me? Mm-hmm. So until the decision maker is affected, be careful what you're looking for when you look for change. Yeah. Right. 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 Absolutely. One second, I'm going to respond to Facebook Live real quick. So there's a, there's a, a slight, away. slight He's delay. to his daughter. That's what it is. No, I'm, I'm, I'm Facebook. I, gotta I make, thought I saw your daughter's hair. No, no, I'm making sure our people are, are well informed of what we're talking about. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, with the ones that are taking the live. Mm-hmm. Why? Why? Do why? We, why? <laughs> why? I don't even think there's more of a right, question there. Right, why? Right. I mean, 
there's there is a common denominator right you know and I mean, it, it's one of those things that there was even a story um it was like middle of last year in st louis where a white cop shot an off-duty black cop who was coming to the scene to assist yeah, yeah I, remember sure I remember that i remember, sure I remember like, that one it's like bro like it, that it speaks volumes that you have People in the force, regardless of <coughs> regardless of their own color, that happened in front of the police. Scared, station, right? That happened yeah, in, that's yeah. <laughs> like it's, you know, it's that it's just was it here? Well, well, there, well there, the there one that one I'm speaking of was in St. Louis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah but it was what happened here too in PG County. Yeah, and it's just like that. That's that's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. Right. Like it that speaks volumes. I think. Right. Well, so let's let's dial back. When I said Terrence Crutcher, they. The guy at the traffic stop, he said he looks like a bad dude. Right, right. So, okay, I don't know how he looked like a bad dude. Whatever. <laughs> we know we know why he looked like a bad dude, but yeah. <laughs> let's go to Florida. They have a guy they're looking for that had already killed 17 people. Right. If that don't look... Right. If you're not already you looking for a bad dude... people what a bad dude looks like. What does right. a bad dude look like? But they don't want... Right. <laughs> they don't want that description. Right, right. 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 I, so, it, it just it boggles me. Yeah. Uh, I think... The lady in the Terrace Crutcher case, I think she was, she may have been released from her job. She may have got, uh, they may have fired her. Mm-hmm. But then but, you can just get rehired. You can get rehired some somewhere else. Yeah, desk light work. Jurisdiction, man. man. Um, I'm just trying to get to this... uh, a spot where, you know, that's not the norm. Right. Yeah, maybe you know? they should have to do like some type of fear factor type, you know, test before you right. go into they, the academy. They do... you know? <laughs> <laughs> they do the shoot no shoot drills, but again, mm-hmm. paper has never shot me back. Right, yeah. right, right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. With the old bruiser, bulge don't hit back. Well, paper <laughs> shoot back either. Right. Mm-hmm. Until you have an opposing force, when you know when we we uh, with with my company now we go down to Texas, we do you know uh, active shooting and uh, extraction for clients. So we go in and we we run through the shoot house all week long, and then the last day. There's opposing forces in there. And the shoot house is situated where they can change the place around. So it's not the same every time you go in there. Mm-hmm. So you literally have to search this place for the first time every, every time, time you go in there. And sometimes you cut around that corner, there's a guy there with a Sims gun. And a Sims gun, we're not talking about paint guns. We're talking about you, regular 223 so rounds mm-hmm. with a with a, a painted projectile on the front of it. So okay. you, you have to you wear it. It yeah. breaks skin. Right. Wow. It breaks skin. You're getting shot. Right. So, <laughs> so the pucker factor is up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you can evaluate people by watching because it's videotaped who's going to be a, who, who's going to be the right person or not. Mm-hmm. You know, because you, every, seconds matter. Right. When you go into that building knowing that there's somebody else in here that's going to shoot back unless I shoot him first, mm-hmm. you can see people who's going through the building all day, you know, all week long when we know it's just paper in there mm-hmm. moving smooth, fast, yeah. you know, slow as smooth, smooth as fast. And But when you know that there's a Unknown amount of of adversaries in it, which is called the op four opposing force in there, not knowing which corner they're going to be in, and now you got to use everything you've trained for all week long, but somebody's going to be shooting back. The pucker factor comes kicks in. I can tell you right now, once you break through that door, you're adrenalized. Right, you're adrenalized. Mm-hmm. Take that, get out the car every time. Everybody's an opposing force. Mm-hmm. Right. right, you you follow right. me? Yeah. And so. You can't really train for that factor because regardless of what you do in the police academy, it's all controlled. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, we're all going to be sitting in, in the mess hall eating lunch. Man, My you got me today. Right. Um, wow. Sound like your grandfather. What happened? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was showing my notes on Facebook Live. Uh, 
while we're my hour and ten minutes in, <laughs> eleven now. Um, I knew it was gonna be a long show. Yeah, he- healthy conversation, which just one out of many because I there's a lot of people I know that would love to speak on this topic. And a topic we can definitely touch on again for sure. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna just do a quick before we get into uh, the the finale of the show. I'm gonna share. I got a, I got a story. And uh, hold on, there's also officer disconnect of the officer in the community they serve. Definitely, Tony. That's what we, that's what we talked yeah, about Yeah, we earlier. talked about that a little earlier. Yeah. Um, so, by the way, those who watching who didn't know I, I have a podcast, I have one. Um, my Aunt Pat says right on. Hmm? My Aunt Pat, Derek, Jamel, yeah. they say right. She says right on. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, for those who didn't know I have a podcast, we have, I, we have a podcast. We are something else. We record on Sunday nights, go live, and then we release a show on Fridays. Friday morning at 10. Shameless plug, right? Uh, um, Google Play, iTunes, Google, Google Play, iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, SoundCloud. That's the plug. YouTube. You <laughs> what you do is talking about yourself first. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I wanted to just say first of all, again, the show is out of respect for everybody, respect for the police, respect for our peers, people involved, everybody. It's just it's not police bashing. It's not. We want uh, to get to that point of yeah. peace. <laughs> this is a conversation you know? that's going to go it's on. Definitely it's, not it's, police, it's, that it's definitely not police bashing because I wouldn't come on here if I knew. Right. And I wouldn't police do that. Ba- with right. Police bashing. What I want to do is give a perspective from my X amount of years on the job mm-hmm. and looking at, looking at it now, putting myself in the perspective of an officer. First of all, I would not be a police officer right now. This is probably the toughest time to be a police officer. Yeah. Secondly, I understand there's certain parameters or certain certain innate abilities that have to be in a police officer, a person before they can be a police officer. Preachers, teachers, and police officers all called positions. Mm-hmm. I'd I'd argue that all day long. If you're not called for this position, you're gonna fail. Right. You're not gonna yeah. wake up one day and all of a sudden you're gonna be this excellent police officer because there's a disconnect between what you have to do on this job and what's innate in you. And if right. you don't have that in you. You're not gonna do it. You know some of the worst preachers in the world, man. What is he doing up there? He wasn't, <laughs> right, called, right. He wasn't called to do this. And you know what right. teachers do. Mm-hmm. She's a terrible teacher. She should be doing something else. It's the same thing with police officers. So. Mm-hmm. And so I'll I'll say this. I come from a line of police people, police officers being in my family. So my dad, who's our special guest tonight, he was a Maryland State Trooper. Now he does um executive protection. Um, I have, I had two cousins that were police officers. One is still, he's, I'll, I'll shout him out. He's in PG County. And then I had one that was killed on duty in, uh, Charles County. So, and that's tough. If, if you ever, if you've never been to a police officer's funeral, one thing is you don't, it's, it's the most beautiful thing you ever see cause they do it right. Mm-hmm. But then it's also, man, it's tearjerker for any fear of tearjerker mm-hmm. but I this this is extra yeah but um my best friend now he's in the process of trying to become a police officer uh and then i got some really good friends and his father was the second and, in command and his dad and my best friend's dad was second the in guy command. in in pg county in pg county he was the guy mm. so uh i come from a lot of respect to police but um, share a quick story. I did. I tried a couple of times to become a police officer. I don't know. You probably didn't know, know that. You didn't know that. So uh, my dad knew it because he had the paperwork. Right, right, um, right. I tried for three different in three different jurisdictions. Um, and so this is going to go on to where I feel some. It's not coming from a bitter place because mm-hmm. I think I'm right where I'm supposed to be. 
Mm-hmm. You just got to look at it when you decide, okay, it's not for me. But to try three different times. I passed all the tests academically, physically, and I'm a, I'm a big dude. And I, <laughs> I put myself through hell training to make sure that I passed it. Um, test, paperwork, all that. I will say the most, when you get to the polygraph, polygraph is tough hmm. to get through. They, they create a, a tough experience environment for you because mm-hmm. it's just a simulation. They want to make sure, first of all, you're not lying in your packet. Right. And nothing has slipped past because they ask you all kind of questions on those polygraphs. Mm. Okay. So you make it through the polygraph, right? And then it comes selection process. Okay. So you don't get picked. You get a letter saying, you know, sorry, you know, amongst the applicants, we felt that you weren't the, the right applicant. Okay. So you're thinking, so there's some, there's some other applicants out there that probably a little bit better than me, maybe physically or whatever. Cause I, I don't know what they're, exactly mm-hmm. what they're looking for. Maybe they do. So then um, you get into the situation where one of these fields, that one of these counties that I went for, you hear a story, and this is what broke, this is what actually happened. One of those officers was arrested for multiple counts of child porn on his computer. An officer, a veteran, he had been on the force for a few years. Mm. And I'm like, that just doesn't happen overnight. You just don't wake up. Oh, I'm a pedophile. Or right, I like, right. I do this or that. <coughs> so somewhere along the way, this guy either passed the polygraph <coughs> or he hit, or they knew and he got pushed through because maybe he had some other set of skills that they were looking for. So that, and then there was another act, uh, same County. There was an accident, two teenagers speeding. They crashed into a pole and both died on the scene. An officer left that scene, went on social media, and posted they shouldn't have been speeding anyway. Mm. Sensitivity, right? Right. So, I'm like, what in the world? How right. are these? How are these guys? Right. Making it past? How are they more qualified than me? Sort of, maybe there's some sort of like psychological profile that fits, and then those that just don't fit. Well, right? the, the thing with the guy with the child pornography, I will say that. Being on this job will cause you to start doing things you never would have done before. So I can't honestly say that he was doing child pornography before that, but I know of police officers who get into some wild stuff exactly. after they've been on a job because they need a new release. Mm-hmm. And the stuff they were doing before, tennis, table tennis, pool, doesn't do, it, doesn't do it for them anymore. Yeah. And they find release. I will tell you that when it comes to the... I don't know how to say this without getting... So... Your sexual drive on this job is off the roof. Is it charged up? It charged up. So you, you know, start doing love the power, you, right? Mm-hmm. Well, but but the, the, but the, the flip side of it is, is that I found that I was more flagrant in my behavior from that side of mm-hmm. that because of that than ever before. It was almost like that was the release, and I'm mm-hmm. probably I know all police officers don't do like that. <laughs> but, but 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 you you start getting into some wild stuff. I mean, I became a heavier drinker as a result of being on the job. So I'm not going to say that he was he was because the polygraph should have picked that up because they cross pollinate what you what you put in your packet with the polygraph and they hit you with the one question: Have you lied on anything on this question? Right. Mm-hmm. The one but but, but 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 then you measure by your 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 pulse, 
respiratory and galvanic skin response. So what they do is they they get a baseline where you know where 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 they where they know you are, and then they evaluate you off that. So if you got to the point where you had selection, you already passed the polygraph. Um, so whatever they were looking for at the time also has to do with is a lot of you know who's on the job. Mm-hmm. Hey, my 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 nephew is one of the applicants. Right. Was one of the applicants, and whatever the number is they were looking for, you know, somebody may have had more pull than you did coming in. But it, it, the selection process is tough. When I came on a job, I got selected right away. Mm-hmm. But I think the, the amount of people that wanted to be state troopers at that time was probably lower too. But right. I had seventy-two people in my class, and one of the other guys in my class went to high school with me. It was just the oddest thing. The two of us were from the same place. It was probably only five of us out of that 72 from PG County. Mm-hmm. Everybody else was from Western Maryland and Eastern Shore. Right, right. I do want to touch a little bit on like the kind of mental health side of things because it seems like, um, especially like, I, I know this from police officers, also like corrections officers, they, you take, because your, your industry is crime, yeah. right? You take on criminal dispositions. The best police officer can think like the criminal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And as a corrections officer, you're technically locked up. Yeah, exactly. And, and you, you you'll find that they're locked in a prison all day. And if you know, you know, corrections officers closely, you'll you'll see how much they their actions mirror what they And they start they talking see the every, same way. They exactly. Talk, <clears throat> one of the guys that works for me used to work in corrections before I picked him up and started working for me. And he still uses Corrections lingo. Yeah. Right. You're sitting right there, man. Put the booty on the flap. I said, What? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I said, what? <laughs> Put the booty on the flap. I, I said, What? And I know Robert, if you're listening, he probably cracking up right. He probably yeah. just dropped his cigar and put the booty on the flap. I was like, What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, do they do they equip or have they I mean maybe this is something that's that maybe they've started doing, but like equipping uh you know, officers with therapy or ways to deal, you know what I mean, with, well, with what they're seeing every day. So and, if they see if they see an officer acting different, they'll they'll have them see the psych. See mm-hmm. But if once you go see the psych, then you're marked. You're right? marked. Yeah. Right. You're mm-hmm. marked. Mm-hmm. So it takes a it takes a it that's that's a heavy dose of somebody coming out and saying, Look, man, I'm gonna ruin your career right. by, by by seeing a psych. You always have to you have to go through um evaluation after any shooting. Mm-hmm. I've never been in that evaluation, so I don't know if that's just a push-through to cover from from any type of uh, litigation or something like that. So right. I don't know what that process looks like. I just know that every time we used to have a shooting, you had to go sit down with the, with the, with the shrink and go through a, a post-shooting. Um, Do you think they out. should be marked, though? Like, isn't Don't you think it should be a different mindset? Like, we we want our, you know, we want our officers to, to have... Um, you know, some type of, I don't know if it, I don't want to call it emotional intelligence, but like, you know what I mean? Understanding of where they are mentally, because that, that should help. And, and I think, I think so, but the problem with it is on the front end, what are you looking at? What what do you see in me that makes me makes you think that something's wrong with me? Yeah. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. from that standpoint, it becomes marked because what if you're well well way off base? And I'm just having a bad day. I don't feel well today. Mm-hmm. He said he's different. He's acting different today. Well, I act different than I did yesterday. Depending mm-hmm. on what time of day you caught me today. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's that becomes. But then at that point, when you start going to the to the to the shrink, mm-hmm. they say, "Man, he's seeing he's been seeing the doctor." Right. And all of a sudden, now your career starts taking a nosedive. Because somebody thought that you was having a bad or you've been having a series of bad days. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. I mean, any, any this more? This guy right here yeah. used to ride in the police car with me. 
<laughs> so let me tell you a story about him. Right. I used to put him in the front seat. This is back when there's no, uh, you didn't have to put the seat in the back. He'd be in the front seat with me. And we riding on the road, you know, I'm riding around through Waldorf and put him in the front seat. He's drinking his bottle. And I used to watch cars, <laughs> cars getting off on the side. What the hell? Are they, why are they pulling over? He used to turn the lights on. <laughs> he used to like this right <laughs> He used to do it all the time. Look at him. Stop. <laughs> he like this. <laughs> Cars were just pulling over the side of the road. Like, Why are they pulling over? <laughs> That's awesome. Look at that. Those are good days. Um, no, definitely. Great conversation. Yeah, definitely. We went definitely. a little bit overtime tonight, but it, ha- it had to be done. It was going to mm-hmm. happen. Um, so before we uh, wrap up, let's do um, for the soul. Real quick. for the soul. Let's do let's do it for the soul. I'm let's gonna go. run out and go get my. You gotta, <laughs> y'all been starting to do much. something again. You can put uh, on one of mine. Right. <laughs> I got some four sitting on my bed right now. Hey man, if you need to go get them, I got the camera on me. So right. <laughs> so what we're doing now is our for the soul segment. Um, we're also because we love sneakers. sneakers. We're also we sneakers, love them. So mm. we just do a, a poll of maybe something that we've got through the week or what we're wearing tonight. We'll post it on our IG. This is our first time on Facebook Live. Tonight yeah, too. yeah. But um, so I'm just gonna go around the room real quick, and then we're gonna see what what people got on there. The, what are those? We're gonna see what's, what's going on right now. I mean, yeah. rotate my camera. All right. So what I'm you wearing, got on tonight, uh, Kaleo? I got on some Puma Pink Dolph. Pink Dolphin collabs. Mm. Um, yeah. Clear Soul is nice. Clear Soul, yeah. Just you know, fairly decent. Oh, yeah, yeah, this is sweet. Yeah. You got the pink back with the yep. pink the pink dolphin logo. Yep. Um my dad. He's got on some, on some some heat. Yeah. Got on some cement threes. Black. Hard to find. Yeah. Wow. Okay. CB, what you rocking over there? I had these for about nine months. Starting on us again. Rolling right. it in. Oh, wow. <laughs> Wow. Wow. I got uh, some green green Air Max 90s for St. Patrick's I Day. I wanted those, man, when, so, they, when they first came out. These also Still got feeling like festive? The clear, clear bottom on them and everything. Still feeling festive, I think. Yeah. 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 I mean, man, it's super fly. We won't. Yeah, man. We're not you don't do get no more fly than that. <laughs> like, hold on. Oh, he wants but to I did cop the, um, the, Air, the Air Force 270. Over. Okay. With the... Uh, those, okay. Yeah, that should be coming dope. out. Those coming to the house soon. I like those. Dope. We got wear them on. Lucky. If you don't, I know we're in, we're in your in your studio, so at least yeah. have them on right you here. Like if you don't, yeah, put them on this <laughs> yeah. If you don't want to wear them, you can come. Yeah. We'll just mm-hmm. do it that way. But uh, yeah, I want to thank. I can. Uh, you know what I do is every week I'll let you bring in a pair exclusive. Oh God! Set them up. Set them up. Set them Okay. Next week will be I'm back. I'm back. Um, but we want to thank uh, my dad, Eric Coney, here for thank joining you. us tonight. Thank you very much, sir. Definitely great conversation. Absolutely. Uh, but again, let's let's uh, we are something else on all platforms. W e r s u m t h i n. We are something else. We are something that's else. That's SoundCloud. That's uh, YouTube. That's mm-hmm. Facebook. That's uh, iTunes. That's mm-hmm. Instagram. Google Play. And Google Play. Yeah. And. Since we, we did a lot of talking about uh, another interview my dad did. So under our umbrella company, yep. mm-hmm. uh, the, the auxiliary. auxiliary, there's another program, Superfly Pass Friends. And my man, Superfly TNT, uh, did an interview with my dad yeah, probably about, about three weeks ago, three four weeks, weeks ago. ago. Mm-hmm. It's a great interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to take you some time getting through it, but it's all knowledge. 
And Absolutely. it's definitely I listen to it. And then, it, it actually went blank on us yeah. when we were doing the deep stuff. So yeah. I didn't really get a chance to share with him some of the stuff I was going to share with him. Mm-hmm. The, the well, thing we're gonna, crashed. We can have that round two. Interview. Round two. Yeah, we have to do the round two. Mm-hmm. Um, so check out Superfly Friends. We post the link every week on our stuff so you can check out my, our show producer, mm-hmm. Mr. Superfly TNT. Uh, but I think, I think that's it, gentlemen. Yeah. Um, Another good show. Yeah. Uh, so for all the officers that are on duty, be safe out there. Mm-hmm. Be smart. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's it, man. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We'll see you next week. Episode six. And all those who are not officers live to fight another day. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. All right, y'all. Peace. Peace. Peace.